This is the University of Georgia Griffin News, brought to you over WKU AM 1450, 102.3 FM, The Rock 88.9 FM, and stream live on WKURadio.com. This program is to update our listeners on the many and exciting things at the University of Georgia Griffin with Dr. Lou Honeycutt and his guests. The program is made possible by Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farms and Murray and Company Realtors. And now today's program with Dr. Lou Honeycutt. Good morning, Griffin, Spalding, and surrounding area. I have to apologize. Everybody ran in here like at the very last minute. I apologize to my guests and to Tony, but welcome to the Griffin Campus News. We are glad to be back on, on a live version today. It could be worse. You could still be in traffic. <laughs> That's true, and I have been before, and you've been great about playing kind of smart-alecky music sometimes about late running and stuff, but works good. But we're, we're here, and it's a great thing, and we've got a really good show for you all today, as we do every week, but this is... A, a really good one. It's relatively um, it's something we don't talk about a whole lot, Center for Food Safety, but it's something we need to talk about more. And who I'm with today is Faradun Fergami, and he is a – how long have you been here? Well, I'm going to have you tell me that in a minute anyway. But I've been in – hi. I've been in Griffin <laughs> for like a year, more than a year and a half. Okay. Since February 2017. February 2017. Yeah. So relatively new faculty member in the Center for Food Safety at the UGA Griffin campus, postdoctoral research associate. And so the first thing we always do, so this is why it's off the cuff a little bit, which I like, but I need you to tell us your life story. So tell us where you're born, how you got here, and because you got an interesting story, and I love it. So let's talk about from the time you were born till this chair right oh, here. I'll try to be very brief because <laughs> I want to tell the whole story. It's going to be the whole hour. Don't talk about CFS, honestly. Uh, I was born in Tehran, okay. capital city of Iran, and... Uh, but my family uh, roots goes back to just coasts of Caspian Sea, uh, the biggest uh, lake. Sure, in the world sure. Between Iran and Russia. R- sure. So it's a nice <laughs> program today. Uh, and uh, I grew up there. I. Uh, it's a city. It's a well. The town name is Shahsavar. Okay. It means the the place that the king got onto the horse. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. That's great. Uh, it's, it's in the legends that the king, one of the kings, the legendary kings, stayed there one night, and then he ran like his horse the next day from there. And then it's in a county that's called Tonekabon, which is, uh, which means under a, the castle Toneka. Oh wow! And that castle is uh, mentioned in a, in a very old one of the world's oldest mythology books, Shahname, which means the Book of the Kings. Oh wow! Which is a fifty thousand couplet uh, poem uh, from like tenth century. Wow! And my name actually is also in that book. Really? So, yeah. So I like my hometown and my name very much. <laughs> I do too. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not like I'm <laughs> self appreciated. They, they're just like beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, then I grew up there. Uh, and from there, I went to, like, my bachelor degree and master's degree, both of them in my hometown. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, I, I had, a, the system in Iran, which still is going on um, to some extent, was, like, there was the national university entrance exam. And you could see, okay, what you could have, like, what, which majors you could 
uh, fit into or you okay. were accepted for. So for me, it was like at that time, like it was English uh, um, interpretation. Okay. And then agriculture engineering and uh, molecular cell biology in my hometown. Those two were like one was in the northwest of Iran and the other one was somewhere else. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, oh, maybe, uh, yeah, middle Zahedan, yeah. Anyway, I chose to to take the third one for two reasons. First, I've always loved biology in general. Okay. Like living things in every way. And uh, the second was, well, I wanted to be in my hometown at that time. Sure. Because of several personal reasons at the same time. So I did my bachelor's degree there in molecular cell biology. Then there was a gap between my bachelor's degree and starting master's degree which was in microbiology and through those years I've been doing many things some I've been doing since I was a kid though for example farming because okay. we are a family that does that business because we are a family that also does that okay <laughs> so those things I uh, I kept doing the whole time but some things were added to it for example I started doing some international uh, tourism programs. I used to lead uh, mountaineering programs, going to countries Georgia and Armenia. Oh wow! And working with the uh, uh, International Association of Mountaineering. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, also, I I worked as a part time in a medical laboratory okay. because I wanted to kind of keep in touch until I get back to masters. And I kept doing that for a while. And I also, what else did I do? I worked in in, in a family business, which is like most lumber business, okay. like cutting woods and all those things. That was even more fun. But the, the best of all, I think, was the farming part because we had like uh, orange trees, oh, kiwi wow. fruits, and uh, some varieties that I don't know the name in English. And I've been trying with an American friend here uh -huh. with, with a lot of knowledge, and we still haven't found it. Like an exact name, what would that? Oh, it's wow. something that is sweeter, much sweeter than lemon. Okay. But more sour than orange. Okay. And we usually like cut that and put it like like just uh, put it like like when you add lime or something on top of something. Sure. But it's not that much sour. It tastes perfect, awesome. That is and awesome. Another thing it's used for in my hometown is uh, and that area, let's say the northern part of Iran, is that it's uh, when when it blossoms the tree. Uh, after you're sure that the fruits are not going to be detached, mm -hmm. women would put like uh, big pieces of fabric under the trees and make all the blossoms to fall down. Okay. And those are washed two or three times in a process using hot water. And then there is sugar and other stuff. And it becomes, to me, one of the world's most delicious types of marmalade, which is made oh, from the wow. yeah the flower blossoms of it can be orange, but if it's that the thing that I don't know the name sure. for, it's even more expensive, much more delicious, and the aroma is much different. It's, it's really nice. Sure. Well, yeah. What's the name in, in your native tongue? It's called Narange. Okay. So, orange, the color orange would be Narangi. Oh, okay. So, Narange, okay. orange. Gotcha. So, yeah, these are some words you can find where the roots are. Sure, from. that's so this cool. Is, yeah, this is linguistics, <laughs> which is one of my interests. And, uh, but, so... Orange, then, the, the fruit would be Portugal, which is similar like Portugal. Sure. But with a different, uh, because we have two letters for that. Okay. Uh, but this one, the fruit is called just Narange. Okay. It means like just, it's like orange color. Uh-huh. But just not the the last letter is not there. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, it means, and it <laughs> looks orange also, but it's not orange. Okay. I mean, 
Sure, the first I get orange you. was a color, the second is a fruit. So yeah, it's 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 complicated. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, that's the story, and I'm trying to to explain everything like uh, with peace and you know very relaxed. Sure. Because just yesterday evening, and that's where my 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 pressure started a little bit. I said every program has had like at least two, <laughs> two three, people on it, yeah, four or more guests, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's only me. What am I going to say? Well, I have to tell and you. I know I'm not the only one that was worried about it, but I think we're going to survive. No, so. we will. And here, and I have to tell you that Elizabeth's listening to you, and I know, and I said, you know, I've never interviewed uh, Dr. Fergani at all. I don't know if, if – I was kind of worried too, And and but I'll tell you, and so you can talk to Brenda. Yeah. It's funny. She called uh, Center for Food Safety and said, will, will he talk and everything? Brenda said, will he talk? <laughs> oh, I take that as a compliment. I do too. I do too. She said, "You're not going to have any trouble," and we aren't. So I think uh, it's great. Well, I hope so. Uh, have you ever? Are we have even at five minutes? Absolutely, <laughs> we're like twelve minutes or something. But so no. here, so let's continue the story though. So, how did you? We can ma- talk about the stories the whole day. I agree, I mean, but that's what I like because we're having two perfect experts next week as well from CFS Absolutely. who are better than we probably in science and in food science and in center for food and their that. faculty. So we can just talk about fun and then they can take. <laughs> Do the science. science for yeah, no problem. Well, the the um, ha- when you started looking at like coming to the states, or well, first off, when did you learn English? Because your English is far better than mine. So, oh, uh, thanks for the nice. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, well, uh, I still make mistakes sometimes. Believe hey, me, so that do I. Every don't. day. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, how it happened? Uh, it, it, it's another interesting story. My. Uh, well, my parents uh, were in the U.S. in like ni- where when exactly when like the Iran Revolution happened. Okay, that's the time that my dad got his master's degree from a university in California that doesn't exist anymore. Oh wow! Okay. Interestingly, I thought that only happens in our country. <laughs> so, Me too. <laughs> well, many of many of the the things that you dream. Okay, you go and in, in the U.S. you won't see it. Well, you you still see it, which is exactly yeah. exactly. And not only here. I mean, the same thing happened to me in South Korea, which is where another part of the world I've okay. been in, okay. and in many other places. So, in some ways. After you travel more and you see more places, you see that there is always good and bad. And Absolutely. Like, and then you learn, like, to nag less. I still do a lot, but I'm <laughs> less than, like, what I was, like, 20 years I ago. I love so, that. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> I haven't learned that yet, to nag less. I need to hang around you Well, more. I've been trying. I'm <laughs> failing constantly, but I keep trying. So, anyway. Uh, so, what's the question? What, how, when did you start learning to speak English? Okay, English, you do it so yes. well. Uh, I... I went to the, to an elementary school that was like kind of uh, the first private ones in in my hometown. Okay. Well, they were it, it's uh, again one of the, the they were the ones that were started through an uh, a government act that they were supposed to be uh like not looking for any benefits, just try to increase the quality of okay. education. Okay. But uh, so that, like, the public schools would still keep being free. Sure, And these sure. would be not free, but with better quality. But what and what finally it turned into was that the public schools unofficially became not free. Okay. And these guys became ten times more expensive. Oh, but what, what, okay, what is sure. good about it for me is that at that time it was the only school. 
Okay. In the whole, like, let's say, western part of Mazandaran province, which is where I'm from. Okay. That you also had some some programs, like, more than what you would normally have at school, like, just go to school and have these four things today and go home. We had, like, English classes. We had uh, some uh, extra activities and, and stuff like that. Okay. So one was English. So I started that like since I was eight years old. Oh wow! Okay. But it, in the school, it wasn't very because the, the the English they teach you at the the school system, unfortunately, and it's not only English at that time. It was, it's English and Arabic. Okay. Which I never. Yeah, I was good at until middle school, I think, and then I decided not to. So <laughs> that, that's how. It was. And I started like putting more focus on English. At, okay. At that time. Okay. Uh, so the thing that that was there. Uh, we started from eight years old, but it was it was good. It wasn't that bad. But when I was nine, my mom suggested me that there is like this private English institute that you may want to go to. And uh, well, I was not like many other sons, I guess. I was not one of those that would always listen to sure, their mom. Sure, sure. But I said, ah, that's a waste of time. But she said, well, one of the very few times I'm going to ask you to do this. You go there for one semester, and each semester in that school, was, that like institute was three months. Okay. So she said, you, you're you going there. This is not a discussion. <laughs> I mean, you're going there. And if you liked it, you're continuing. If okay. you didn't, stop. So it was a good deal. Sure. And I could like be a... Like, for a couple of weeks, take advantage of, like, accepting what mom said. I said, okay. Of course. <laughs> so I took it. I went there. I liked it because the English teacher we had there, he was a guy that was, like, uh, I think he uh, he had been in the U.S. for, like, over 20 years. Then he was back in the country. Now he's still in our hometown. When I go back every several years, I, I usually see him and we talk for a while. That's very he's cool. He's a cool guy. So uh, he, he, like, he, he not only taught English. Uh, it ca- it kind of very fast opened my eyes to also the the other world to many things like for example like I, from that age I started listening to for example like Pavarotti and okay. Lionel Richie and oh, sure. Faith Hill and <laughs> hey, like that's... yeah like uh, m- many of them like that's a uh, wide variety Shania Twain oh like, there you go like for 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 several years like my friends at school laughed at me because I said Shania and there there people call her Shania because that's how you read them sure them. sure and well I was okay with having like a battle of wars and have fun <laughs> with it it was fine but yeah for years I couldn't convince them that this is Shania Shania sure and they would tell me you're stupid that's sh- you can, can't you read English it's Shania it's like Ace H okay so yeah we had lots of fun on, on that and many other things so it became a big fun for me. I kept going. I completed 22 semesters of that wow, institute, which okay. is like three years something. Okay. Then uh, during uh, like middle school, actually, I was, uh, well, I was kicked out of the class once by my English teacher <laughs> because, uh, and that, th- those are things you slowly learn. And I, that, that's that's the very beginning of my process of trying to be modest. Okay. 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 Because I hear sometimes some people telling me like, like you, you just do it too much, but I think for modesty it's it's I mean the more the better. <laughs> sure. So, but that was the the beginning because honestly I, at that age my English had become better than our English teacher at okay. school. Okay. Okay. And I think the way I was showing that was very inappropriate. Sure, there you go. I'm and I you. totally deserved to like be kicked <laughs> out. Uh, it was like like he told me one day like Mr. Forgani. I said yes. I want you to leave my class. I said, yes, sir. And I went out and I played basketball for two hours. It was fun. But but I, it's interesting that I met him, like, after, I think, 20 years, like, uh, in 2015 when I was back okay. to Iran for a while. 
And he still was angry with me. Seriously? Yeah, and so I, I went and I like hugged him. I said, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I was an idiot. So just let it go. It's yeah, it's time, to, it's time to move forward. Okay, but I still remember like that day. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, the, the thing is like he had given me like there the score system was like 19. Like, I mean, 20. The points were to, like 100 would be like A plus would be 20. Okay, okay. So he had given me like 19 on some some exam, sure. On something that it's still I don't remember, but I still think it wasn't wrong. It was just another way of saying the same thing. Okay, gotcha. And I told him like, you, I should get twenty. You cannot give me nineteen <laughs> points. And then he said, you walk out. I find it hard to believe you'd argue with him. Yeah. <laughs> so that was not the only time I was like kicked out of class. <laughs> but it was always like this for for big, like once I once uh, one more time I was kicked out of class was it was in. Uh, high school actually like and there we have one course which is like uh uh is it theology you talk about theology religions mm-hmm. and all? Okay. absolutely so uh in that class the teacher was saying like well we are lucky that oh well, he was talking about something and we are lucky that that this happened to us it was something and because of that uh we are now a great culture and all that and i said well i'm sorry sir that happened like let's say more than a thousand years sure. ago, but we had this culture like four thousand sure, years ago sure. before that one thousand year. So you either are lying or you don't know history. <laughs> oh my god! And well, the whole the whole concept of that class was that well, it was theology class. Sure. So he sure. said like out, and that day again it, it was. I mean, the, the good thing is I was not only me. We were like a pack of wolves that were well known in the school so whenever i was kicked out i could play basketball in a glance it was fun but but for that one i'm not even sorry because i would still say the same thing it was just like like i'm saying he was saying like before this event we had no culture sure that wasn't true and that wasn't true yeah because you're from one of the oldest cultures on the planet i mean yeah absolutely so so that's how okay so let's spring forward a little bit now you'll have to cut me no but that's good no 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 you don't have to finish all your questions but what what i want this you're doing exactly what i want this program to do and that a lot of people think that our researchers aren't human or they're sub superhuman or they're subhuman or whatever but that they're they don't have stories and they don't that they just concentrate on research what one of the things we're trying to do with this show is is to show that we're we're just like everybody else, and that we have you got kicked out of class. I think that's an incredible yeah. addition to who you are, but and it made you who you are uh, yeah. as part of who you are. But let, let's do spring forward though mm-hmm. to how did you get to America? I mean, what what was the process to get here, or how did you get here? The rest of your education, and then what made you come to Georgia to the, okay. the Griffin campus? Uh, well, when I did my uh, my master's degree. Uh, now I was kind of sure that okay, I want to also get a PhD. Okay, I I I always knew it since I was like in high school that I want to f- finish my degree in whatever it is that at that time I thought it would be either linguistics, okay, biology or tourism. Okay, and unfortunately I'm still interested in tourism and linguistics <laughs> okay. and many other things, which like you mentioned, it becomes a kind of a problem if you want to be a successful scientist sure. because for us we have to be very you much have focused to focus. on one dimension. At least like 90% and then 10% for sure. everything else. <laughs> That's one of the things I honestly don't like. Sure. But I have to. But you have to, exactly. Uh, because in, for me, there are, like, I, I love playing music. Okay. So much. But, like, 
in the past one year after my instrument that I play like needs to be like it needs all the strings to be changed. Okay. And in the the, 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 the instrument I I play has seventy two of them. Seventy two yeah, strings. It's, uh, so it's. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be time consuming, Ooh. and I have to bring the strings like from Iran. Tell my cousin go to buy and send them, and then oh, you're sending lots of metal. Why are you sending so much metal in a box and then all those things? Sure. So with all that, for for a year now, it's sitting in our closet. I haven't okay. played, and I really miss it. But sure, I, I have to wait. I think for a while. Sure. So there are many things I like, and when you are a scientist, if you want to be a to be successful, successful you're right. Exactly. One, you have to cut many of those things. So, you do. So you can't just all of them. I think that's part of what leads to people believing that that we're they're scientists are antisocial or scientists they're not. It's just the time you have to be micro focused on what yeah. you're doing to succeed in your career. Exactly, and the, it doesn't leave a lot of time for. I will commend you though, and I sent a picture out yesterday. I got a picture from Extension yesterday of you and your wife volunteering at the county fair. Yeah. It made my day. I mean that. It's awesome to to see, especially for faculty who I know don't have any time, to see you serving food um, at the fair was awesome. So thank you for that. I I should thank them. Thank thank Melissa to share that. Sure. Because like I said, it's been now over two years I'm in the U.S. and I I was really looking for such opportunities because that's that's what I've been doing since I was 10. Right, right. I like it a lot. And that's one of the things I always missed for people at that age in back in Iran because there are not many opportunities like this. But then, okay. I, and in in Korea, I continued that. That was a lot of fun. And then I came here, and I just couldn't find the I don't know the the, the connections. I sure. don't know how. But it, it's 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 the society that's too big. It's me that I'm busy. It's. It's the system. I sure. don't know what, but sure, I just and then I suddenly saw this, and I just like usually I would like call my wife or email her or talk to her in the night and then say, "Do we do this?" But this time I didn't actually. I just sent like an email, and then when I went home, I said, "Hey, I did because I know she would like." Sure, absolutely. Anyway, no, that's so, awesome. So thank you for doing you know, that. That was that's incredible. I should thank them. And if there is any other opportunity, I just told her, please keep sharing. That's with awesome. University people, because that's awesome. Anyway, so... Uh, okay, we, so PhD. Where did you do your PhD? Yeah, uh, when I did my master's degree thesis, which has lots of stories, if you want to hear. <laughs> because in my master's degree uh, for the thesis, uh, I worked with a guy that I really respect. Uh, well, I've worked with several supervisors. I've learned something from any of them. Absolutely, absolutely. Some good, some bad. Like, sure. I, I mean, from some of them, I learned what I... I mean, or let's say who I don't want to be. Sure, exactly. Which is precious. Exactly. I couldn't have the experience. I, that's what, like, from some people you learn who you don't want to be. Exactly. That's and exactly I, right. I thank them for that. Sure. So that's a good thing. Uh, but this guy, he, he taught me lots of things. He was my master's degree physics uh, advisor. And... But what he really did to me that was the most, like, I mean, the most important one was that he inspired me. Okay. The way it happened, like, uh, like I told you, I, I did lots of different things. Uh, one of the things I, I enjoyed and I did with my cousins and a bunch of other friends, and which still they have their club and continue uh, the same activity back in my hometown, was off-road driving. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, like, I've been underwater, which is, like, higher than the roof. <laughs> I've been, like, flipped in a car. I've been, so, so many of those things. Uh, and I really miss it. That's one of the things I miss oh, here. Sure. I miss my boat because I, b- back home I had one, and it was heavy, so I always had to call friends to take it to the sea, which is, like, a couple hundred feet from my room okay. back at home. So, uh, for that, I always had to call friends. I needed at least one person. Sure. I would call, like, ten. <laughs> at least one had time always. They would come, and we put the boat. So, those are things at this time. 
I miss the most, maybe like the community I had, and I have a, 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 a precious one here, sure. but not that big, not that sure, much diverse, sure. which is normal. I've been here like less than two years. But the boating, the, the, the playing music, and many other things. Uh, anyway, you see, I'm distracted a lot. Boy, there yeah, are lots of that's things. all right, though. Well, you are. Yeah. We got to get back to PhD. So, <laughs> yeah, I got uh, – I, well, for the thesis, uh, this guy inspired me how. And uh, he, when I did my PhD work, which I will explain briefly okay. later for you. <laughs> briefly? Are you sure? Uh, I try. <laughs> I try my best. So what he did was uh, I, I got this um, – like I, I was always surfing on the web. I, I was looking to find a PhD position like abroad because okay. I wanted to like try international experience. Sure, so. sure. So he told me uh, one thing that might facilitate that is if you present your work in a conference internationally. Okay. Uh, and uh, everyone else told me, like, it's a stupid idea, <laughs> and you'll know why. Uh, but he said, I think you have the ability, and if you go there, you'll have the chance that one of those people who are potential supervisors will offer you a scholarship or, okay. or an opportunity. So I said, yeah, it, it sounds good. But what I had to do with, uh, for that was that there was no support, nothing like uh, anything like that okay. financially. So I sold my four-wheel drive car, oh. which was like the fun oh. tool sure. for me. And uh, yeah, I have, I have, I have hundreds of memories with that. Car, sure, sure. And uh, I had to sell that to be able to make. Okay. Trip. And that trip was an international conference in the Asian. Uh, uh, food safety specialists, I guess, in play uh, uh, happening at that time in Bangladesh, okay. in Bangladesh. But there were people around the world there. Okay. So I went there and I presented my work. And interestingly, there were I, I don't remember fourteen or fifteen presenters, out of which only two were like master students. All the others were like professors from okay. other places. Uh, so. From the outcome of that, and the rest of the money, I actually spent and went on a hitchhike trip to Europe for 42 days. <laughs> oh, there you so, go. So, yeah, when I came back until I left Iran for my PhD, <laughs> I didn't have a car anymore, which was not a problem because in my hometown, I can almost walk for 500 feet and find someone that I just take her, their car and okay. go and bring it back. So, that was not a problem. Uh, here, I, when I think of not having a car, I want to cry. Sure, it's a little different. <laughs> so, I agree. <laughs> so, anyway, so I, I took... Uh, that opportunity, I went there, I presented my work, and I got two offers, one from the uh, from Max Planck Institute in sure. Germany, oh, wow. which has several branches. This one was in Göttingen, which is a small, beautiful city in Germany. Okay. It's kind of like an hour or maybe two hours from Hamburg. Okay. Hamburg is where most people would know the sure. port sure. of the Europe and all, but Göttingen. But in as a university city, it's one of the very important ones in Germany, especially in medical and plant and biology okay. majors. And, well, uh, coincidentally, my aunt, also one of my aunts, lives there. Okay. So uh, I, I got that offer, but that scholarship offer just would take my tuition fees. Okay. And I was told that you should have, uh, you should come and you you may need to work in other places to earn money and all. And at that time, and I'm not sure if it was now I would do or not. At that time, I thought, what well, what's the guarantee that within like six months I find a job or something sure, like sure. that? I, I just was not sure because I didn't have a good, I've be, I, before that I had been in Germany like once. As a kid, so all I remembered was like how we tricked uh, a, a bartender to sell us beer when we were just thirteen years <laughs> there old. Yeah, that's with, a good memory. Yeah, that's a good one. 
so finally what we did was like there was a teenager in, uh, in the same community who was 17 and looked like 20 and we, we also bought him so he bought three beers so my friend and I got one each oh there you go uh, are there confessions they're kind of it's kind of like a confession but it was in another country and it's like uh, exactly exactly years ago, so. exactly it was a long time ago yeah <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, I came back I, uh, with two offers, one from Germany and one from South Korea. Okay. The South Korean one, though, would take my tuition fees and also I would have a salary. Uh, oh, wow. Which okay. was not much, but hey. it was enough to live and don't wor- not, like, not to worry about like basics. Sure, sure. From the beginning. So that's the one I took. And again, so, so many people told me that's a crazy, like, because, you know, in, in Western Asia, like the Middle East, like... You have like Europe, sure. So that's the that's the that's the very best of the West. Sure, sure. And then sure. you have like Korea, which yeah, people still like it, but still, they, well, all, all they have is like Hyundai and Kia. Oh, this is not an advertisement. <laughs> so that's all. So, and but for me, no. And I am happy that I've made that decision. Awesome. Because living in somewhere that was because I had been in West, in sure, Europe, sure. And now in the U.S. Because I knew that these have have been happening to me, and they will in future for several reasons. Again, but living in like almost farther most of Southeast Asia, will it? I'm not sure. So sure. that's that was one of the reasons I also uh, took it, and I also checked that okay, this supervisor, it's a big lab. There's lots of work. There's lots of publications, so it's a good opportunity career wise as well. So I took it, I went to South Korea, and that was a new chapter of my life that was awesome. Like, I still have... Well, I'm going to stop you right there. we got to mm-hmm. take a break, but then we're going to come back mm-hmm. and finish the chapter, because I love okay. the conversation. Sure. The way it's going. we got to take our bottom-of-the-hour break, Tony, and then we'll be right back and talk some more. You're <laughs> listening to the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News on AM 1450 WKEU in Griffin, Georgia. I also heard on 102.3 FM... And 88.9 FM, The Rock, Georgia Public Radio at its finest and streaming live worldwide on the web at WKEURadio.com. This morning's program will continue after this. Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realty. Proud supporters of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus and proud to bring you this week's edition of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. As the UGA Griffin Campus grows with the great educational opportunities for our children, Round Oak Resources Tree Farm is growing our future with trees to support and assist our environment. Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realtors are proud supporters of the UGA Griffin Campus and area youth activities in Griffin and Spalding County. Let us rejoin this morning's program. For that, we turn things over to this morning's host. He is the campus director at UGA Griffin, also the assistant provost, Dr. Lou Honeycutt. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Welcome back, everybody. I am. We've, we're having a, a lot of fun, if nothing else, today. But um, I'm here with Faradun Forgani. He is a postdoctorate research associate in the Center for Food Safety at UGA Griffin. And we've been hearing, which is exactly what I want this program to do, We've been hearing a story, your stories, and I'm telling you, you got some good ones, and then we can Thank talk you. forever. 
um, about how you got to where, how you got here. And I think it's really important for people to understand that, yes, we're at the University of Georgia Griffin, but like I came from Texas. Everybody comes from somewhere else sure. typically. And so your story's been great so far. So we left off South Korea mm-hmm. starting your working on your Ph.D. So let's continue on. Okay. So for, for my – can I go back to my master's? Absolutely. Really you can do whatever because you want. Because for my master's degree, this is like I, I would say how I ended up with like kind of coming – towards food okay. microbiology okay. that makes sense a little bit i guess well there were there were uh, there were few options for us to pick up from for our master's thesis okay one was uh, uh, isolation of a bisurfactant producing bacillus bacteria from like oil contaminated soils well th- what 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 these bacteria are used is that literally when a, when an oil well is used like almost to the end okay you put like tons and tons, well, like hundreds of thousands of liters of an, of of these bacteria okay. in a solution inside those wells, and they produce surfactants, which okay. is mo- which are molecules that produce bubbles, and sure. so they increase the volume. And that way, then you can start extracting the the very last twenty percent of this poor well, so that uh, sure. it's, it totally <laughs> no, drains it's gone. Out. Okay. <laughs> so that was one project. The other one was. Um, a project which was my very first proposal I, I made uh, to young researchers club in the university, and I got a funding of, like, I think it was, like, $1,000 or something. Okay. Hey. So for, for media and everything, we were, like, borrowing little bit of, bits of amount from other supervisors and people because definitely we couldn't buy everything. All the money was spent on gas and everything because the, the that project was on dermatophytosis, which is, like, ringworm and stuff like that on your skin, which comes from fungi okay. and all that, so, like, trichophyton and other other species of, of fungi the the, the health uh, authority of our province on the western side wanted to know like how contamination how bad was the contamination level of such things in bodybuilding and wrestling gyms and wrestling oh, okay. well, I'm talking about my hometown sure that's kind of the cradle of wrestling okay the freestyle sure. wrestling sure exactly involved, where like the other uh, one comes from Greece already exactly sure so, like, except me, I think everyone as a guy goes to a wrestling club. Okay. <laughs> I, I did other sports. I liked in many other ones. But I, I love watching it. Still, I do. Okay. Uh, so, that project, we had to go to these gyms, and many of them were, like, one or two hours driving in the mountains to go to a small village with, like, 20 boys, which 19 were members of the club. Wow. Okay. So okay. Stuff like that. So that one, uh, it was like we had to go there, we had to talk to them and say, hey, it's fine, please let me just scrap your armpits sure. for, for this, or <laughs> other places. And also we had to take samples using carpet pieces on like uh, surrounding in the okay. gym. So I said, and I said, um, and I had the experience of working in the medical laboratory and I really have a deep respect. And that's one thing because sometimes when we are one, in one specific major direction, even in food science, I've seen some people that are doing something and someone else is doing something else. And only because it's a little different, they say, oh, I am a professional. <laughs> that what it does is just like, you know, I don't like that. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever anyone does is like respectful. Exactly. And it's perfect if they do it good, whatever it is. So, and one of the reasons I have got that kind of concept is because I've done so many different things. I've done business, farming, like labor work, exactly. being a truck driver, being a scientist, being a tour organizer. And in all those things, I've seen people that I've learned from and I, I deeply respect. Sure. Some of them not even haven't have been to school. Exactly. I, and I exactly. know them as one of, like one of the guys I know and he has never been to school. He's one of my life models as a 
philosopher absolutely. because of the philosophy he has for life. So that's absolutely. Anyway, so uh, that project was there, and the fungi after growing on the place after like a week, they are beautiful. That, that's okay. one of the most beautiful things you see in your life. The fungi growing on it's 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 more beautiful than bacteria to me. Okay. In many ways, <laughs> but the sampling and all that. I said, oh, maybe, maybe not. Really. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. And the other one, the, the oil well one. Also, my friend, like he used to go get to the helicopter once a uh, once every month in the south of Iran and go to that Siri Island where where those uh, contaminated soils okay. were, and then he could, he would come back and start an enrichment of twenty one days, which smelled, I mean, bad. Oh, <laughs> so I said, okay. and the other one was. Isolation and identification of lactic acid bacteria okay. from the traditional herds milks of our hometown area mountains. Oh wow! Okay, which has the country is like sixty percent of the over four thousand meter high peaks of the country. Okay, so uh, there are lots of nomads uh, that they go there in the summer and uh, like through uh, winter they start coming down and lower sure, the elevation sure. and finally they get back to the to the flat like beside the coast. And that was fun because one. At that time, uh, I was, like, professionally doing mountaineering. So yeah. it gave me the chance to, to be in the mountain oh, that's awesome. once in a while. And I loved food because, like, well, I grew up in a family that normally the men will die from high cholesterol, <laughs> blood pressure, or heart attack. So you okay. can imagine. I got like, you. Yeah. I got you. And we know that, but it's like, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah the beer is going to kill you. So what? <laughs> You'll die happy, right? Yeah. Like, so... Uh, <laughs> I, I hope I'm not hurting like the, 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 the I don't know the, the concept of like living healthy in here. No, it's like just just drink as much as it doesn't hurt you. That, exactly, that's what a little bit's good. Well, I can do that, but for barbecue, oh, Ooh, I can't stop. That's one, of, that's one of my nostalgies actually, and I was talking about it like a week ago or, or two weeks ago when one one of our like precious colleagues got a new job and he was leaving, so we had this uh, lunch together okay. in a buffet, and I was talking to another friend, but it's really sad that every five years I feel the difference in me and my stomach in terms of Absolutely. the volume we could take. And why would this happen? I mean, <laughs> this is not fair because buffets were like paradise for me 15 years ago. Oh, sure. Now it's just somewhere you go and have a full dish and you're full. Exactly. And I don't like that. <laughs> And then he said, well, I still don't have that feeling, and I still eat a lot. I said, well, I'm jealous to you. Then I realized, well, he's a vegetarian. Oh, I said, there this you is go. different because what you eat doesn't make you – like um, it's, no. it's not your fault. It's just that you're having veggies, so it, they don't make you full as soon exactly. as, like, look at my dish. But they're missing out on the barbecue and the ribs and everything else. I mean, so, yeah. Anyway, that was what I, why I took this project sure, for my sure. master's degree, like, and I liked it more. So I love food. I love this material and type of work and it's still it's one of my best projects i've ever done like through that project i i came to know peacock peacock is a name of a mule lady okay okay because she was so beautiful the owner like had put the name on her as peacock, as peacock. okay yeah. there you go and uh she was like smarter than these smart cars that companies are trying to build these <laughs> that they self-drive like because where I was staying in their house in a village that was like five hours of hike okay. at the time. And from there, I had to take the mule, go for another five hours in three different directions wow. to get three of my milk samples from three different herds in three different areas. Okay. Herbs, because eventually we would say this would influence the microflora and we would dis like we would be able to find other species sure, or subspecies sure. of lactic acid bacteria. That was the idea, which, which was right after we, we had our results. 
So this lady, Peacock, she, I would just ride on her, and he would tell her which one she was going to. <laughs> and she would go there and stop, and you come down, and in the evening when you're done, you just sit on her, and she comes and brings you come back home. to the house. To the base camp. Yeah, <laughs> That's so pretty good. It, and it was, and uh, well, and it was, the, I had uh, like been riding horses several times before that. But sure. for meals, it was the first time. Okay. So I, that's how I got to know they are kind of, smarter than Absolutely. horses and that comes from the donkey part which uh, as human beings we think actually donkeys are smarter than horses absolutely and uh horses well they are like more flexible so when you combine these two for in breeding you you give you get an, a, a a mule which is a better athlete yet a better scientist absolutely <laughs> i agree 100 percent. yeah i agree for with example, exactly what you said like just two examples the mules usually put their foot exactly where they took off the previous step. Right. That means more safety, more stability. Sure. Because if you're on a mud or on a rock or something. Absolutely. Second thing, if they slide, just like a ski player, and I have been on her when she was sliding, they keep like keeping the legs together and slide all that area while horses will start exactly. doing this. And like, I wish there was a TV program. You should have seen me. <laughs> I know. You should, <laughs> just, you should have seen that example. Yeah. It was pretty good. So... Like so, these are differences that make them well. I agree. As we know through history, much safer and better for like transportation and for using in the mountains. Absolutely. So yeah, that project was a lot of fun. A lot no of doubt. fun. And no it, doubt. It was fruitful. Eventually, I got those offer. I ended up in South Korea. Okay. In South Korea, I did my PhD work. Uh, my thesis was based on like developing some rapid detection methods. Okay. Uh, for mainly Bacillus cereus and its toxins in like a di- in different multiplex detection kits. So uh, simply putting it, it's like it's a kit that you use to diagnose these bacteria in food samples. Okay. But you can target more than one thing. You can go for four or five different toxins they produce. Okay, gotcha. Because of several epidemiological and health reasons, you need to know which toxin is there sometimes. Sure. It, it, it will have uh, so many influences, like how you want to treat or what's the relationship with, with other things that are happening or stuff like that. So I, I worked on that with a company. Okay. They, produ- they, they, they still produce like uh, huge amounts of different types of kits in, in, in South Korea. And I think they're partially using some of the primers we, uh, Fantastic. we, we, yeah, we made in that work. And uh, we did this for like Bacillus cereus and two other types of bacteria. Okay. Like uh, it was like uh, in another combination, Listeria and, and Streptococcus. No, it was staph. Yeah. Beside this, I worked on uh, electrolyzed water technology, which is basically you you get a, 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 a solution of saline or sometimes you also have a, a certain amount of acid in it. And then you, you make the electric current to pass. Okay. And that results in production of some molecules which are active. And such molecules, I'm trying to speak simple. I You're doing great. Or not. Okay. Yeah. So those molecules, when you put the food sample or whatever in it that has some bacteria, will go and react with either the cell wall or the DNA of the bacteria. So end of story, they killed bad bacteria okay. to some extent. That's a good, that's like a good end things, of story. Yeah, like may, we do many other things in, in food safety. To some extent, they can kill bacteria okay. or viruses that we don't want them to be on, on our for fresh produce, for example, sure. when it's in, uh, on our table. So that was another project, and that also was in close collaboration with a couple industry partners. Uh, like one of them was, uh, which is a company still selling their devices, like their devices being branded in U.S. under another name, even I know that, and, and many other countries. They were having a hard time because they sold the same device to somewhere, 
and it was not producing the water, electrolyzed water, with similar properties than it was in another province. Okay. So that project, we wanted to know why, and we found out that the the the, the, the reason was the water hardness. Oh, Because okay. you have two different totally places. Sure, totally different sure. places, the water properties are different. And it, when it goes to the electrolyte cell, what you have at the end is different because of the water hardness amount. So those uh, compounds will affect what you have. So that was helpful for them. And they, they came up with strategies, some of them just marketing strategies. Like if they had a big uh, client, they would tell them, bring the water you want to use with this sure sure and then we'll we're going to tell you what are the best settings for you because now they knew what they're exactly was. They knew what the so water the customers was. were happy they were happy making more money my supervisor was absolutely which is always important i was happy because i published two or three papers. there you go so <laughs> everyone was happy that was another project and i also participated in uh several other projects one i i, I participated in two or three in animal science actually okay one reason is because i i i like animals a lot so i it, it gave me the chance to be around them like the cows sheep and stuff like that sure and to my experience it's not always like that but animals sometimes even give you less trouble than some human beings so they're, they're <laughs> i would agree with to that predict, i would agree with that which is beautiful and nice <laughs> So I think we we all we have like s- simple minds all together. <laughs> so uh, we did that. Uh, I I did this collaboration with a friend of mine who was in animal science, and now he's a research professor back in Korea. He's from Iran also. Okay. But he has become a, a research professor in there, which which is one of the reasons I'm happy in the past couple of days because I just heard the news from him. Uh, yeah, it was it was it uh, it was a nice project. One was like on measurement of cortisol in in sheep and cows because normally uh, the way you would do it is by taking blood. Sure. And cortisol comes from stress. Exactly. And when you're taking my blood, you give me a stress. <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. even if I'm a cow, exactly. I would probably be in stress. <laughs> that's that's as simple as that. So he uh, was working on developing a method to use just the hair and then okay. from there measure it, and it worked, and I helped him. I was so happy. Oh, that's very uh, cool. And, and in some other uh, works, uh, it was like to, to several extents, like additives for chickens and also some other projects. So animal science was also something else, and I also worked on several other projects with my friend because that, that lab was a – Real international lab, people from like China, Bangladesh, Africa, and some other places. Okay. So it gave me a great opportunity to work on their projects, also as help, and I learned a lot from them. And uh, it also gave us like a very good relation. Like one of those guys now is an associate professor in China. We're still great friends, and we still collaborate. Sure. Another one is somewhere else. We still have the same thing. So not only I learned a lot from all of those. It was a lot of fun. Okay, we need, we're going to take another quick break. We're going to come back, and then we got to get you to the states. So okay. we got to move from yeah, South finally. Korea to, to Georgia. <laughs> finally, but Tony will take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Campus and proud to bring you this week's edition of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. As the huge. In news concerning campus, the Research and Education Garden is hosting its annual October event, Scarecrows in the Garden. Plan to bring the family to this free and fun event that will feature all kinds of scarecrows scattered throughout the garden. On Saturday, there will be a special celebration in conjunction with this event with activities for the entire family from 1 until 4 p.m. 
Applications are now being taken for the 2019 Young Scholars Program. Applicants must have completed their sophomore year of high school and be at least 16 years old by June the 4th, 2019. This is a paid six-week summer internship program for all students, particularly those interested in agriculture, food, and environmental sciences. For more information, you can call 770-228-7392. The deadline for applications is January 31st. Something's cooking on campus. UGA's Continuing Education is partnering with First United Methodist Church and Miss Trudy Gill to present a fun, adult, hands-on cooking experience in the upcoming program, Cooking with Trudy, which will be held on Tuesday nights from 6 to 9 p.m. For registration and more information, please contact the UGA Continuing Education Department at 770-229-3477. The UGA Business Day Conference will take place on Friday, November the 2nd at 8.30 a.m. in the Stuckey Auditorium on the UGA Griffin Campus. The conference is free and open to anyone interested in business trends, small business development, social media, diversity trends, problem solving, and more. This event is supported by the Office of Institutional Diversity's new approaches for promoting diversity and inclusion. Register through the UGA Griffin Campus Facebook page at UGA Griffin Campus or call 770-412-4400. A free informational luncheon for secondary educators takes place today from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. It is open to high school administration, counselors, dual role and academy leaders, graduation coaches, and program-specific faculty members. Visit the Facebook page today and make your plans to attend. And the campus store located on the first floor of the Flint Building at 1109 Experiment Street is stocked with officially licensed University of Georgia apparel and gifts. A coffee nook is set up outside the store to gather and visit. The regular campus store hours are Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Dot the I's and cross the T's on this morning's University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. Let us return to our host of this morning's program, Dr. Lee Honeycutt. Thank you, Tony. We have been having a great time today. I hope everybody that's listening now has been listening the whole time because we've had some incredible stories and learned a a lot of international stories, which is incredible to me. I love that. Thank you. But I am here with Faradun Forgani. He is a postdoctoral research associate in the Center for Food Safety here at UGA Griffin, and we got him as far as South Korea with PhD, but now we got to get you to Griffin. So from South Korea, tell me how it transpired that you got to the, the Griffin campus. Okay. Uh, first, I got uh, an offer from University of Tennessee Health Science Center okay. in Memphis, and you got to try barbecue in Memphis. N- n- no disrespect to Georgia barbecue, <laughs> but if you have time, just go there and try it. Just that. go up there and have some. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, I went back to Iran to get married. Okay. I came back and worked there as a researcher for another like five, six months, I think, and that was when I got the offer from Dr. Diaz from sure. Center for Food Safety to start a postdoctoral research associate per, fantastic uh, and for those who, who know that's dr francisco diaz who is the director of the center for food safety here on yes. campus an incredible guy i've been here not that not too much longer than you i think like a year or less than yeah, a year, less before than a year before, before, yeah, yeah, maybe around like a year yeah yeah so very cool yeah. so and w- so that was in 2000 i got the offer in 2000 like late 2016 okay. and i started february 1st 2017 okay very cool in 
in Griffin. So yeah. we got you to Griffin. Finally. So we got yeah. you from your start on our aunt to Griffin through yeah. a really great track. I'm of, glad that we got here finally. I am too. <laughs> no, no, no. We, it was a great journey to hear about, and that's what we need to do. So let's, we, we'll be, we'll both be shot if we don't talk about CFS a little bit, Center for Food Safety. So, let, and let's do it in a way of what, what are you, what is your typical day like? Well, there are no typical days, but what are you working on now in your postdoc? Mm-hmm. Well, the projects I have been, uh, I have completed one was like on detect, uh, well, w- was on like survival of enterohemorrhagic E. coli, bad E. coli, bad e. coli. and salmonella, yeah. even worse, Oof, yeah. in wheat flour. Okay. Uh, the conclusion for public was that flour is not as safe as you would think. So if you're making like batter or anything, you just put flour in it. Do not lick your fingers. Don't eat the raw I batter. I do that sometimes. I do. But I'm quitting. I am too. Since I've met y'all, <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of things different. Yeah, that, that's the, the that, that's the effect <laughs> from like talking to us. Exactly. And, and so that was the the public side of it. And for the industry, we also did some some thermal um, inactivation processes because for industry, it's important for them to know like some standards in terms of each specific matrix and specific bacteria so that they can kind of verify validate what you're do- what they're doing sure. what they should use what temperature what 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 lengths of time so that's the the, the the industrial part of it that can be applicable and also I I've been involved in developing grant proposals which is one of the great trainings here I've had uh, and uh, we are already like working on some more to to be like submitted to national institutions. We have done some before. We do the for the internal grants from our board of advisors that we have in CFS exactly. that are precious collaborators from oh, industry. Uh, so that they, there is usually a kind of a direction on what they would like to have in the proposals because that's very practical. What the industry needs that's that's another awesome uh, opportunity for all the faculty. Sure. And for the center, and I'm sure for the industry, because if, if it wasn't, they wouldn't have still be, be there. So exactly. the fact that they are, I think <laughs> it's a good thing for them as well, with, uh, which is very nice. So these are the things. And beside that, like writing papers, after all, we have to do that. So Absolutely. Uh, it, it's been fruitful. Like since I got here, I think we have published one paper. We have one under review. We have another one accepted. We are almost close to finishing another one well for people who don't know that process mm-hmm. it sounds like well you wrote a paper what's the big deal well let me someone is sure like, but it was like when people tell me just write a grant just write a grant for that it is not as easy as it sounds I writing say, a peer-reviewed yeah. pa- journal paper yes. is not peer-reviewed may be the two worst words in there because you have to send it out you have to put yourself out there for everybody yeah. to just bash to get accepted into a publication, it's not easy. Yeah. So I applaud you for what you've done so Thank far. You. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I tell anybody that says it, oh, it's just it's just a grant or it's just a paper. Come come hang out with somebody. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ask me and I'll. Yeah, you'll see that's a little <laughs> more difficult than yes. that. Not, not yes. just anybody can do it. Definitely. So you work with Dr. Diaz and several others, I know, but I mean, but that's your, the lab that mm-hmm. you're concentrating on. And so, from a postdoc standpoint, for so people who don't, postdocs just what it says. You've gotten your doctorate. You're in your postdoctoral phase. How long does that typically last? How long will you be with us in Griffin? I'm hoping a long time, but uh, well, it depends. Like uh, normally, postdoc is a kind of a transitional stage exactly. in your life that we that you would say, okay, I'll do this, gain more experience, gain more knowledge, gain more abilities, so that I'm open for uh, for my next step, which can be one in academia, right? Two in business three in industry. Exactly. In my case, I have some certain limitations because of immigration stuff that sure, sure. For, for many people doesn't exist. So it kind of limits me. Okay. A limitation that I'm trying to overcome. You always can find ways and improve yourself. I'm Sure. So I'm trying to those uh, two, uh, but in in general for a postdoc, those are the three like pathways that okay. you have. And, and, and that's exactly one thing 
that I hope that more postdocs realize, and they are, that staying in academia, and I love it, but it's not the only way. Sure. Like one thing, for example, official books for for any interview try to teach you is like when you're te- like interviewing with like someone in academia, tell them I only love academia. I've never done that, and I have had some of, some successful interviews so sure. far. Like I, I even got an offer for a, a faculty position in university, which again my immigration status didn't let me so uh, I, I would have okay, been gone okay. now if, if that wasn't there oh okay gotcha, so gotcha. yeah that that's the thing all i'm saying is that but even in that interview it was mostly a teaching position i didn't okay. tell them that i love teaching and only teaching no because honestly <laughs> exactly. i love teaching but i like science as well I exactly like research as well i like industry as well i love extension and outreach and interdisciplinary works a lot so okay yeah it can be multi-dimensional but it's just a transitional and officially you can be like no more than five years as a postdoc and i think that also counts in the u.s system okay and then after that you would have to like change your status like become a researcher or a research something else okay so that a five-year uh window is what you have officially which for me i'm just like in the beginning of the third year right so we still got we still got you for some time now yeah well listen we're we're out of time for today but it is you you did exactly what i wanted us to do today on the show i mean we we've learned who you. you are which is great and um, I want to pr- tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Because so I know much. sometimes it's not easy. And I know the cool thing is I was so late, and you told me when I walked in, you said I really wasn't stressed. <laughs> you know, I showed up. No yeah, one that was here. Yeah, because yesterday a good friend asked me, "Are you in stress?" I said, "No, not really." But <laughs> just this morning, yeah, I was out there and all by myself, and it was nine. I said. Well, in the right place. Yes, WKU is well, everywhere. Well, so. my apologies for being late, but we, <laughs> no, we got it totally done, fine. and it was it a was great a show. And um, Tony, I guess we'll be back here next week and, and do something else. And I'm telling you what, your colleagues have a hard act to follow. I'm sure they will be perfect <laughs> in this, and they can maybe take care of something yeah, about, we'll talk about some like business. food safety. Because exactly. I had lots of things I would like to share, but we never got there. We didn't. It's that, all my that's fault. All right. tried no, to no, make no, me that's like, all right. Yeah, but, uh, but, Sorry. But, well, well, but that's the show for the day, and, and we'll be back next week and do it all again. As Dr. Honeycutt alludes to, we will be back next Thursday morning between the hours of 9 and 10 a.m. We hope that you will be with us as well for the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News.